Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Whether you're tailgating at Penn State, tailgating at Bucknell, or just want to kick back and watch a full weekend of football, make sure you got plenty available for the Texas-Alabama game or for the Eagles opener or for the Steelers 49ers. Or if you're like Matt, you can't wait to watch the Giants and the Cowboys. It's uh, Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Let's set the proper tone for the show, and let's go to America's sports darkroom. Oh, where do I start today? We got some things. Oh, geez. This could be a long (laughs) show. I guess I'll start with this, with the Tez Walker decision finally coming out. Yeah. And Mac Brown, man... I salute you because this is just the latest hypocritical, lazy type of narrative that the NCAA is trying to get out there and trying to be the trying to put the foot down, but for the wrong reason. The incompetency lives on, and the gift, the incompetent gift of the NCAA that keeps on giving. When you look at the transfer portal, when you look at everything else that's happening under the sun with players playing in their sixth, seventh, eighth year transferring to wherever they want to, and then you have this for a legitimate reason. It's it's pretty despicable, if you ask me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm with you all the way. The Walker story is he went to a school, and because of COVID, they didn't play. He went to a school, and they with, because of COVID, their school elected not to play in the conference they were in, elected not to play at all. I think it was at North Carolina Central, something like that. So he transferred to Kent State. All right, transferred to Kent State, plays two years there. Dante Cephas was one of his uh, teammates at Kent State. And then his grandma, I believe it's his grandmother, she's not well. Sean Lewis, who was the head coach, then left. He was not fired. Everybody has a lot of respect for Sean Lewis, and he is now the offensive coordinator at Colorado. So all that combined for him to say, I want to transfer to North Carolina. I'm sorry, this is your second transfer. You can't go. And by the way, he transferred there before the – second transfer rule came out. But JT Daniels is allowed to play for Rice right now, even though it's his fourth school. What? Huh? You there. take everything... You take everything... I apologize, Matt. Uh, you take everything on a case-by-case basis. All you have to do is get on the phone and find out what the deal is. Yep. It's not that difficult. And they sit there... Well, rules are rules. Wrong. Okay, good leadership involves common sense 
quick fact-finding, and you can come to a decision with relative ease. This didn't take much to do. I could have looked it up, okay, on his on his reference page as to how things went, right, and then figured out what the deal is. It doesn't take much to do, and the NCAA, again, sits there and says, I don't know what they do, who does this, who looks into it, do they even have phones? Sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, yeah, I pretty much echo is always going to say. The only thing I have to add to it is this is just another way, another example of the NCAA being the biggest coward in the sports world. Well, no, but they just do things, right? They just do things. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no leadership. There's no direction. There's no common sense. There's no understanding. I sat there at the NCAA tournament, and I saw one ad after another and up on ribbons, ribbon boards about the mission of the student-athlete. And the second that a student-athlete needs something, this dude gets backhanded. Great. I'm glad you guys are doing a great job with, uh, with your mission. Fabulous. I'm sorry. Okay, there are other cases, you know, and I'm not trying to pick on JT Daniels, but he's on his fourth school. Now, that's the guy you look at and say, hey, you look, you got to sit out. Okay, you do. Okay, you don't look at this guy who, because of COVID, couldn't play at his previous school, then finally goes to Kent State, plays two years, his grandmother's ill, his coach leaves, so he goes down back home to North Carolina. There, yeah, you can't play. What? Well, excuse me, what? Did you pick up the phone? Did you look at his Wikipedia page? I mean, anything. Nope, won't do it. Letter of the law. Really. I give you credit. Right? At an organization that is filled with a lot of bad publicity, whomever made this decision, added to it. So I'm with you all the way, Matt. Good good start. Good start. Bill Hillgrove is next. We will talk to the great man in a moment as the Steelers, a team that Matt doesn't follow and will not be interested in this segment. Your interest level is going to be low. I know it is. When Merrill's on, you're going to kick it to a new gear. I know. I know how you operate. You're transparent. There's no camouflage with you. G-O-E-S-U-S. Um, he knows there's a G in there, right? Yeah, we've improved that since the recording of that drop. I hate to tell you, the CIA uses that drop to extract information from people. All right, so we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Want to work for a stable yet growing company? Got it. Want to work for a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in taking care of customers and employees? Got it. Want to work for a leader in selling more cars and satisfying more customers? Got it. Who has all that? SMC Sunbury Motor Company is looking for technicians across all their departments. Whether you're an entry-level technician, an experienced technician, or someone looking for a career change, Sunbury Motors would love to hear from you. They're looking for 
technicians for their quick lane, car and light truck service, heavy truck service, body shop, and frame and alignment division. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, in person at our North 4th Street location, or call Todd at 570-286-7746. Your new career of working on Fords, Kias, Hyundais, Western Star trucks, plus anything that fits in the door, and some things that don't. Join Sunbury Motors. Your new career is waiting for you. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. It continues to set a standard of excellence for all of us. Bill Hillgrove, the voice of Pitt football and the Pittsburgh Steelers. My friend, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure. And, you know, football's here, and this is my first uh, two-game weekend, so I'm kind of looking forward to it because (laughs) I think both games will be exciting. They will be. Uh, and, Bill, congratulations to you on your 50th season of pit football to go with 55 in basketball and your 30th season of doing the Steelers. Congratulations on that. Has it been fun to look back when people have interviewed about you about it, or are you such a forward-thinking guy, which usually you are? Has it been like, okay, I know I have to look back on my career? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, you know, uh, and if you are still doing it, it's tough to be reflective. I'm kind of paraphrasing Mike Tomlin, but, yeah. you know, when people ask him to measure the club up during the season, he said, uh, let's talk about uh, looking back at the end of the year. And, you know, I, I look back, and it's been a, a good ride and a fun ride. And, Steve, frankly, I'm blessed to have been able to do it in my hometown. That, that to yeah. me, is pretty special. Yeah, there's no question, and and you set a standard of excellence for all of us and an example for us to follow, and I appreciate that so much. Uh, I want to, I do want to touch on one quick story. I was reading, I think it was in the Tribune, I think, and it was about the, uh, the nuns and you then having to play what a brat in a play when you were younger. Yes. I I, uh, showed up at the radio TV school uh, run by a sister of charity named Sister Rosalie. Yes. And uh, I thought I'd learn how to fix radios and TVs because my dad was an electrician. And I thought, you know, I'd uh, just assume that natural progression in the family. And she handed me a script and I read it and she said, exactly what I'm looking for. A 13-year-old brat. And I said, sister, (laughs) I don't need a script for that. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, I found out at a young age, 13, uh, that I had a gift on this side of the microphone, and it's been fun ever since. Yeah, it's been a gift all of us have enjoyed. Now let's get to the teams that you cover. I want to start with Pitt football. Uh, they come off the opener. They win it. They've got Cincinnati, so that's a good one right out of the second week of the season. But what did you learn last week, and what do you think Pat Narduzzi wants to learn this week? And of course, he wants to learn it in victory, but what, what do you think he's looking to learn? I think uh, he was surprised, as uh, I was surprised, and anybody who's followed him closely was surprised at the running ability of uh, 
soldier COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in preseason, uh, these guys wear red shirts, the quarterbacks. And so you just don't know what they can do. Uh, but, man, he showed me not only the ability to run, and he's 6'5", 235, uh, but, you know, his wizardry with the ball faking. Uh, when he ran for that 23-yard touchdown, I didn't pick him up until he was almost in the end zone because I'm looking at the running back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's an element that they didn't have last year, and I think it hurt them. And uh, I think that's going to help this offense score a lot of points. And I know he transferred in from Boston College, but he's a, he's a Pittsburgh guy, right? Yeah, Pine Richland, and was highly recruited coming out of that school and chose Notre Dame. Um, obviously spent a year there uh, and felt that, you know, there were greener pastures and he ended up at Boston College, overcame some injuries, uh, but that's where he met Frank, uh, uh, come on, uh, Frank Signetti Jr., uh, who's yeah. now his offensive coordinator. And, you know, you can tell they're on the same page. And so I think it augurs well for both. Obviously, Phil uh, playing to uh, uh, position himself for a good draft in the spring and obviously can help this football team uh, maintain its winning ways. They've won uh, 10 each of the last two years, and we haven't seen that since the Jackie Sherrill year. So, you know, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, no question. Uh, you talked about the running ability on the touchdown play. When you watch him throw the ball, what kind of element is he bringing to the table that you obviously appreciated at Boston College but appreciate more now at Pitt? He sees the field very well. Uh, he's accurate. I remember watching him in a drill one day when he rolled left and threw it to the netting on the goal post that had a little pocket in it. And he was the only one of the quarterbacks that hit it uh, running left twice in a row. And then back to the right, he did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, he's very accurate, and I think that's going to augur well. Because, let's face it, they don't have a real uh, experienced receiver group. Uh, when you talk about Janate uh, Mumfield and Bub Means, they didn't really have the kind of you know big year last year uh, that you'd hope a returning leader would have. But you know what? Uh, they're fast, and, and they're very capable, and I think he's comfortable with the tight ends, and I think that's going to be an exciting part of their offense that uh, they'll emphasize that tight end in the middle of the field so uh, I'm looking forward to it I really am and now the second game will be the one with the Steelers and the 49ers the Steelers came on last year they finished nine and eight Kenny Pickett now is into his second season retooled parts of the offensive line not all of it but parts of it what did you see in the preseason whether it was a camp or even in a preseason game where you said you know what they're a better team a couple of things. Number one, uh, I think last year they scored 30 points twice, I believe, in 17 games. Uh, and in you know in the preseason, I believe they averaged about 27. Uh, they score a lot of points. Uh, I think the most important thing I saw uh, was the fact that Pickett was able to take opening drives down the field and put seven on the board. Uh, I don't know that we saw it all that much last year. And if we did, it wasn't until late in the season when Kenny finally, Kenny finally had settled in. Uh, I, I think the big difference between this team and last year, uh, it, it, we're talking about depth. We never mentioned yeah. it last year. And, you know, they had depth. Well, they had it at tight end. They could afford to cut Zach Gentry, who ended up on a practice squad, the Bengals' practice squad, as I believe. Uh, uh, they traded away two offensive linemen. Uh, they have depth at uh, inside linebacker, which we didn't see last year. And they also have some thumpers. 
you know, they missed uh, Vince Williams and his ability to really yeah. uh, create physical havoc in that middle. Uh, Miles Jack led them in tackles, but as we saw with his retirement, he was at the tail end anyhow. Uh, but with Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb, you know, that's a completely rebuilt interior linebacker core that's going to really bring physicality. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope that Cam Hayward plays on Sunday, uh, but he didn't practice Thursday. That's not an, an anomaly. Uh, you know, he, he takes a lot of days off. Uh, hey, he's long of tooth. He's been around since uh, Roosevelt was in office. Teddy. <laughs> and, and no, uh, and, and, you know, I, I really think Larry Ogunjobi has to recover from a foot injury for them to, you know, really be a dominant upfront group defensively. But uh, I, I look forward to a, a good performance. And Lord knows San Francisco, uh, they're talented on both sides of the ball. They're well coached. Kyle Shanahan's done a great job. Uh, okay, George Kittle may not play. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin was spot on about Nick Bosa. said, well, he'll sign just like T.J. Watt signed. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on both sides as that opener comes nigh. And uh, how much he's going to play I, remains to be seen. But he certainly, uh, you know, doesn't need any recommendations from me. He's one of the best edge rushers in the, in the business. Yeah, well, two of the best in the business will be on the same field between Watt and Bosa. It's unbelievable. Uh uh, on a local note, uh, you had a chance to take a really good look at Joey Porter Jr. Can he help them this year? Yes. Uh, you know, and he was held up a little bit by an injury that kept him out of the one preseason game. Uh, but I think uh, they're going to bring him along uh, slowly as uh, as they should with a rookie. I don't, I don't think you, you, you do him or yourself any good by throwing a rookie to the fire. Yeah. Uh, there are very few rookies that can start right away especially if it's the offensive line. And Broderick Jones shows flashes, and he is physical, and he likes to embarrass people, and he likes to pancake. Uh, but, you know, Dan Moore has the experience, and I think uh, you spot Broderick Jones so that he doesn't, you know, uh, take backward steps. You don't want that from a young player at this stage, and I think Porter's in that same category. Well, Bill, looking forward to hearing it all. Appreciate it, and again, Great respect as to what you've done to this point in your career, and thank goodness you're going to keep on going. That's what we love. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, Steve. Let's do it again. You bet. Bill Hillgrove, the voice of the Steelers and Pitt football basketball. We're going to have Merrill Reese in the next half hour. Um, Merrill is going to have the ability to calm Matt down. Matt Usually he in, does, yeah. He's been in, you've been in total panic mode. You think Brady's going to play. <laughs> I'm uh, feeling a little bit better about the game than I was last week. I will say that. Okay. Could you take a moment and rack up any tape of any Patriots game last season? You know what you won't see? Is Brady, Brady yes. or a lot of wins. Correct. Yes. Scare me. <laughs> Like playing, Notre, like playing Notre Dame. Oh, no. The four horsemen are coming out of the ground. No. I'm not, admit to a, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm paranoid about this game and really the whole season because Eagles are being picked a lot as a Super Bowl champ or another team, and, you know, that worries me a little. They have the most talented roster in the NFL. 
This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrewers, great for your tailgate. Whether you're at Penn State, Bucknell, wine coolers, water, soft drink, lots and lots of snacks. You need to load up. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. Six great flavors of slushies, pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. One quick note before we get back to the wine and cheese part of the program. I provide the cheese. You can guess which one provides the wine. Uh, Tomorrow on college game day, and I will not get a chance to see this for obvious reasons. I'll be driving into the Penn State game to work. They're going to do a feature on Eli Gold. I know I've mentioned Eli a few times. We need to win every battle against cancer. Unfortunately, we don't. Eli won his battle with cancer. Lost 148 pounds in doing so along the way. But he was back in the broadcast booth last week. They're going to do a feature on him tomorrow on game day. One of the really great guys. We've had Eli on the show a couple of times. And I think people who listen to it said, hey, what a really great guy. Great announcer, great guy. And that's going to be tomorrow. We now return to the regularly scheduled part of the program. Go ahead, Matt. (laughs) Well, now I'm going to go to the game last night. Uh, So one thing with the broadcast, one thing from the game itself. So one thing with the broadcast first. Now, I love Chris Collinsworth. I think he does a great job. But last night... When he said in the at the in their open with Mike Tirico, we're gonna find out how good Patrick Mahomes really is. Uh, I understand what he the point he was trying to make because he didn't have Kelsey, so and the receiving core probably not as good as last year than what they had, even though they made it work with Tyreek Hill without Tyreek Hill last year. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, did you not watch what Patrick Mahomes did in the postseason last year? And showing us another side of him, of a, of a gritty-type guy that was able to grind out through an ankle injury, he was there. He called the Jacksonville game when it happened. And then you saw what he did in coming back in the AFC title game. You saw what he did in playing through it in the Super Bowl when he reheard it at halftime and leading the Chiefs to the comeback win over the Eagles. We know how good he is. He's now a two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time NFL MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP, youngest to ever do it. He doesn't have to prove anything else to me. And there's something else, too. Remember this from Andy Reid's young days with the Eagles, especially McNabb. So we're talking like 01, 02, 03, like those types of years before they won in 04. Andy Reid had a very good quarterback in Donovan McNabb. Mm -hmm. He had a good run game, but he didn't have a good one or two receiver. And I'm seeing very similar issues with this team. Yeah, He didn't recognize that at all. So if they're gonna if the Chiefs are gonna fall short this year, it's because of their depth of wide receiver is finally gonna hurt them. Not because of Patrick Mahomes not taking another step. He doesn't need to take another step. 
And he and he wasn't great last night, but I mean the interception's not on him. It's Kadarius Tony having butterfingers. He was awful last night. I mean, come on now. Like, let's let's read the room a little bit before we try to make this point. Now I get it. I know what he was trying to say, but remember let's remember what he did last postseason. It was pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, you know. However he was trying to phrase it, it came out wrong. You know. Yeah, you know, I know what he I know what he what the intent was, but you're like, uh, this guy's already great to begin with. But what's happening what we saw with Patrick Mahomes last night, it's only one game. But it's very similar to what we saw the last couple of years with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay without Devontae Adams. Right? Every time he turned around they were not replenishing their wide receiver core. They kept drafting other places, and everybody kept looking around saying, why don't you give this guy something to work with? And they didn't. And Kansas City, there's a reason when Tony left the Giants that there was not a lot of gnashing of teeth. They were like, okay, good luck. Because they didn't look at him as a guy that was going to help them long-term. And they needed receivers last year. And they got rid of him. That that should tell you something. Yeah, did he have a good Super Bowl? Yeah. Did he help him? Yeah. But what you saw last night is what he did a lot of with the Giants. Okay? Sky Moore has talent, but for the most part, just another guy. So, retooled offensive line, which I think they did a good job with. Did you? But, which leads me to this next rant, they got away with a lot last night with Jawan Taylor. I don't know if you noticed it when Terry McCauley oh, yeah. called them out. Oh, sure. No, I, you How see bad right is that? And this is a veteran crew that was there for week one. He's absolutely behind the line of scrimmage. And Terry McCauley called it out perfectly. I mean, how do you miss that? I don't care if it's week one. That's that's elementary vanilla stuff that refs should know. I mean, that's okay. inexcusable. I'm okay. sorry. Tell me, what the, tell me what the basis is for how he lines up. You're, Terry McCauley said the helmet is supposed to be at the shoulder length of the center. No. That's what he said during the broadcast, wasn't it? He's not, he's not right. The helmet has to be to the waistline of the center. Okay? There were times last night where he wasn't, but you've got to be to the waistline of the center. That's where you have to be. Okay? So, in other words, I used waistline instead of another word. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay? But that that is, at least I, at least in college football, that that's the way it, it has to, that's the way it is as to your ability to line up. If you're any further back than that, which they got him late in the game for. But see, part of it, too, it's not where he lined up. Because I'm looking at him saying, well, he's really skirting the line. I could tell he was skirting the line as the way he lined up. But he kept he kept starting early. Yeah, there was that, too. I mean, that's the part that I found to be, like, really? Right? kept starting early. And I mean, it almost got to, to a point, I'm watching in the first half, and it got to be 
ridiculous. So. Ah. All right. We'll take a break. It's going to be really good for you to be mentally engaged in this segment. <laughs> Merrill always puts me in a good mood because Merrill is, of course, one of my idols. So, Very nice. Well, Merrill Reese next on News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> question one of the best this profession has ever seen and a belated happy birthday to Merrill Reese welcome sir thank you Steve I I get to ignore birthdays now but <laughs> but thank you anyhow uh one through 53 do you see a depth in this roster to the maybe you haven't seen for a while in this league they're awfully good. They are awfully, awfully good. Um, they are deep in some areas. Uh, they're young in some areas. They've got one of the best two or three quarterbacks in the National Football League, I think. They're loaded going into the season. However, I don't use that word or words Super Bowl. That that does not enter my mind, my mouth, except if I'm referring to last February 4th. But I, I think about nothing. It sounds like a coach. I think about nothing but Sunday in Foxborough against the Patriots because if you get ahead of yourself, you can end up very disappointed because the war of attrition is what the NFL is all about. Well, that, and you know what I say all the time when I'm doing Penn State games. I only talk about what's in front of me this week. That's, That's all I can talk That's all I can talk about. That's all you can talk about uh, sure. is what's but in I front mean, of you this week. But, but you know, the you have to say, well, what are the Eagles' likelihood? What's the likelihood of the Eagles making it back to the Super Bowl this year? Well, it's 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 there, uh, but there are probably six other teams that have a good shot of getting back to the Super Bowl. Everything has to go right. And it's not always the team that starts out as the best team on paper when you enter a season. You lose the wrong three people at the wrong time during the season, and a team that could be 14-3, and three, as the Eagles were last year, could end up 10-7 and seven or 9-8. and eight. I mean, that's the way it is. Yeah. No, you have to be very fortunate in this, as you said, war of attrition, especially with an extra game, 17. It's more so than ever. One of the changes on offense is Miles Sanders is now with Carolina. Swift has come in to join Gamewell, Boston Scott. What's your thought on the running game? It's good. Uh, it's very, very good. I noticed uh, uh, Swift practicing with the receivers yesterday, which tell me, tells me that, that when he's in, he's also going to be a, a running back who gets a lot of screen passes or even goes downfield for passes. They did that with Miles more early than they mm-hmm. did in the last couple of years. And by the way, I was a Miles fan. Uh, both Miles the person and Miles the player. I think he did a lot for this team. I thought he was a terrific, terrific guy. Uh, yeah. The thing with Miles is just what you find throughout the league, a, a devaluation of the running back department. And when they become free agents, the teams aren't going to open up the vault to keep them there, and so they move on. 
But I think DeAndre Swift is is going to be very, very good. And, and the same could be said about Kenneth Gainwell. Same could be said about Rashad Penny. And I love Boston Scott. So I, I think they're going to be very, very capable. But I think you're going to see them catching a lot of balls, particularly Swift. What kind of influence do you feel like a guy like Fletcher Cox has on those young defensive linemen like Carter and Davis, for example? I think he's the veteran uh, who will teach them how to grow up fast, impart wisdom that he has from so many years in the league playing at the highest level. And I think he's somebody who will be able to, if used sparingly, uh, be able to come in late in the game and make big plays. I think he could do that. But I think he's, I think he's a good role model for these guys. What have you thought about Davis and about Carter, at least in the initial look of, of practice, a preseason game? What have you thought of them? I think they're both outstanding. I think Carter is going to make the biggest noise uh, because I was saying to him the other day, I can't wait to call your first sack. And I'm, yeah. I'm willing to tell you that I, I think it's going to be in the first quarter, very early, uh, in Foxborough. If I were Mac Jones, I'd have nightmares all week. <laughs> and as far as as far as Davis is concerned, he's more of a space taker. He's yeah. more of a run stopper. I, I could see him pushing the line backwards and creating opportunities for for Carter. Carter is more uh, dynamic, but that doesn't mean that Davis isn't very very good also. And there's also N'Kobe Dean. And then I know Smith got banged up a little bit in the preseason, but it's a lot of Georgia over there. How important was it to Howie Roseman to not only get guys that are talented, because those four are very talented, but also have that kind of, quote, winning pedigree? I, I think it's something that they ignored for all too long. I mean, I think it's time that they start looking for SEC teams, you know, players, uh Get guys out of Alabama, like Devontae Smith, uh, like Landon Dickerson. You, you you pick on teams that have the best players who play in the biggest stages. I think that's very important, and I think it's, it's evident in the way this team's talent level has risen. Jalen Hurts has worked his backside off to be the quarterback that we watched last season that we're about to watch this season. He's a worker. What does his demeanor mean to set the tone for the rest of the team as to how he handles his business? I think it's more uh, leadership by example than a guy who's going to be giving impassioned speeches. I mean, he'll speak to other players and give them advice and and talk to them when they're on the sideline. But he's not a rah-rah guy. He's, he's not going to uh, make any locker room declarations. He's quiet. He keeps to himself. He's extremely studious, and he is always, always working. I never saw a quarterback, Steve, have a better summer than, than he has. You know he didn't play in any games. But every practice, I, I think the only time the ball dropped, hit the ground was when somebody dropped it. I mean, he, he was so proficient. He was so accurate throughout the summer. He looks – I don't think we've seen anywhere near his ceiling yet. Interesting. Nick Sirianni, this is obviously – he's the head coach. Yeah, so it's they're implementing his vision, his idea. But it's still going to be two new coordinators. Any thought process on the two coordinators, Merrill? 
Well, I think I, I guess you know the story that Brian Johnson played for uh, for Jalen Hurts' yeah. dad, and he's known yeah. Jalen Hurts since he was a little boy of five or six years old. So I, I think that union is a natural one. I think he's also a bright coach, one of the youngest coaches ever to be an offensive coordinator when he was at the University of Florida, was a terrific quarterback himself at Utah. I think he's but, – but he's also part of this system for a while. So yeah. I don't look for anything to be dramatically different because it worked last year, and I think you'll see a lot of what Shane Steichen put in last year, although, as Brian Johnson says – we're always looking for new things and ways to improve. So there will be some wrinkles, but I don't think it's going to be a vastly different offense schematically. On the defense, I don't know. I know that I've, I've talked to their new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. Bright guy, has a doctorate, uh, seems to be liked by the players, works hard, but uh, we haven't seen anything. You, you go into the preseason games, as they say, you see vanilla. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little pistachio, a little raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we we saw nothing but base defenses and base offenses. So until Sunday afternoon at about one fifteen, uh, or not one fifteen, it's a four o'clock game. <laughs> one fifteen, I won't know anything other than the, the, what game I'm watching on television. But uh, but, but it's a four twenty five game. So. Let's say by by five o'clock, I'll have an idea about what's new with the defense. Well, last year when we did this segment, the Eagles opened with Detroit, and Merrill Reese said on this show, he said, he "says You know what, Steve? Watch out for those Lions. There's something about them." Well, they won nine games last year, and they won last night. So. You are still looking at teams, and you can figure them out pretty quickly. I think they're going to be one of the best teams yeah. this year in the NFC. I am, I'm going to tell you something. Now, I'm, people will laugh at this. I'm looking at the different uh, picks from, from networks and from magazines, and a lot of people are saying that the, it will all boil down in the NFC at the end to the Eagles and the 49ers. I honestly believe that the Lions will win more games than the 49ers. I think the 49ers could be more of a disappointing team. I I don't know that Brock Purdy is the mm-hmm. is the answer. I I mean yes he came in he was the he was the seventh round draft choice Mister Irrelevant as they call the last player in the draft and he did a good job I'm not taking anything away from him but I don't know how just just how good he is he was more of a game manager last year I don't think he's as as dangerous as Steve Garoppolo for that matter yeah, right. but uh, regardless. And I also a big a big piece of that team was the play of their defense, and yeah. a big part of their defensive success was a man who I am very honored to call a friend uh, by the name of D'Amico Ryan's, yep. who is now the head coach in Houston. I think they'll miss him. I really do. I think he's a special coach and a special motivator, a special person. I spent a whole afternoon one time doing. Wendy's Baconator commercials with him, and, and and we really we really had a lot of fun together. And he's a great guy. He's a bright guy, but he's he's really a rallying force for a team, and he's he, he's special. So I think they'll miss him, and I think the Lions will get better and better. I think that they've they've brought Jared Goff 
back to life. He yeah. looks like a pretty good quarterback. No, he's not yeah. Patrick Mahomes. He's right. not Jalen Hurts. But he's he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. So I think he'll be I think he'll be very interesting to watch. Well, you are Mr. Relevant, and you are also special to us. Merrill, another great season coming up. We're looking forward to listening to all of it. Thank you so much, my friend, for your time and all the great work that you do. Thank, thank you, Steve. But I have to tell you also, I am very excited about the Nittany Lions. I love what I have seen of Drew Aller. I think he's special. Yeah. And I'm also happy that Sean Clifford is the backup quarterback to the Green Bay of the Green Bay Packers. That just yeah. validates what everybody knew about Sean Clifford, who had such a phenomenal, phenomenal Rose Bowl game. So, uh, as I say, go Birds and go Nittany Lions, and I can't wait to see more of Drew Aller. Well, guess what? And, go and Nittany for that Lions, matter, go Birds. And, and that, for that matter, hear more of Steve Jones because you're doing a terrific <laughs> job. Thank you, Merrill. That means so much to me. My friend, thanks so much. Good luck in Foxborough. Good luck all season. We will talk soon. I look forward to that, Steve. Have a great weekend. The legendary Merrill Reese. All right. Before we go to the break, I know we're a little bit past. Um, do you feel better? I do. And not only for this game, but the prospects of the season. That is a very interesting observation from Merrill about the Niners. Well, it's not something we haven't said. Uh, true. That's true. Is, I I don't know. I I still I still like is, is it different when he says it as opposed to when I say it or <laughs> I know I still like, I, mean, I still think the, they're going to be a good team, but it's we, we use the same verbiage. We use the same <laughs> verbiage. You're like, I, "Okay. I guess I know where you're coming from." I mean, okay. All right, we'll take a break. And uh, then their play-by-play call of the day. I know we're late getting into the break, but when we have a, a guest as special as that, it's worth it here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.